Okay, we are live here, midweek studies in the book of Genesis. We're going to keep going. We're in chapter 27. We're going to start in verse 1 and move our way into this and understanding Jacob's deception, as it is so headed in the headline, which is not an inspired thing, of course, but they do certainly at times are a bit accurate with what's taking place in the context of the chapter. And uh, if you have a New American Standard Bible in Genesis chapter 27, you're going to see the header say Jacob's deception. So we're going to try to see if we can get our way through verse 1 all the way through verse 29 and see what's going on there. If you're new to this, you can go check out the chapters prior to chapter 27. We do have our sessions, Wednesday sessions, in the archived uh, videos. And uh, we do encourage you, please subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up, leave us a comment, share the link far and wide, all that kind of good stuff. You can look at the uh, show notes for the itinerary throughout the week, Monday to Friday. We go live for our early morning podcast sessions. And uh, my name is Stefan Maillet. AddedSouls.com is the website. EastCoastChurchOfChrist.com is the church site. And uh, we'd certainly encourage you to sign up to AddedSouls.Locals.com. It's our freedom platform. It's free to sign up, but you can, once there, choose to support the work. The Added Souls work through the Maya family and the mission we are involved with here, the East Coast Church of Christ. Isn't that good? So Genesis chapter 27 is what we are going to be looking into. And uh, there's some information there. We want to take our time with it, of course. We want to kind of open it up and look at what's happening and see what is applicable, what is understandable for us today, along with what they were doing back then, thousands of years ago. And uh, let me see here, just to make sure we are streaming. Always double check now, because sometimes I lose the feed and I'm not aware of it. Though all of this is being recorded, it's going to be uploaded to our audio platforms and all that kind of good stuff. Podbean, you can find out at Souls on Podbean through Google, uh, iTunes, Spotify, and uh, Facebook. Our Facebook page, at its Souls on Facebook, you can find us there as well. That good? Now it came about, so the text says over in Genesis chapter 27 in regards to Jacob's deception. Now it came about, verse 1, when Isaac was told, or was told, no, was old, that's what it says, when Jacob, well, now I can't even speak, when Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see that he called his older son Esau and said to him, my son, and he said to him, here I am. So you have Isaac speaking to Esau. Isaac calls Esau my son, and Esau recognizes his description and says, here I am. Simple enough, in verse 2, Isaac said, Behold, now, I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, verse 3, please take your gear your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me. Verse 4, and prepare a savory dish for me such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat so that my soul may bless you 
before I die. So what we see here in verses 1 through 4 is certainly uh, uh, understandable. You know, he wants to speak to his son. He wants to prepare something with his son so that uh, once he departs, he knows he can do so of good conscience. And that, of course, furnishes our thoughts to facilitate preparatory elements of our existence nearing its end. Okay, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Do you have a will? Do we have a will? Do we have health insurance? Do we have life insurance? Do you need those things? It's to each his own conscience, I suppose. But in prudence, many, most, who are uh, wise to take care of their family once they depart want to make sure that they're taken care of, I guess, you know, and that kind of stuff. And have yourself a, a good conscience to say bye to the kids and all that kind of, um, all those thoughts that come into play with one's existence. And Isaac is no different in regards to Esau and what's taking place. Of course, we understand the meal position. It almost looks like the green mile. You know, what's your last meal before capital punishment or execution? And the criminal says, well, you know, whatever the meal may be. And you, have, you even have individuals who serve in the uh, incarceration facilities, the jail system. Uh, that prepare the last meal for those locations that still practice capital punishment. Well, that's for, of course, the criminal element and uh, the governing uh, policies uh, that are at play with that. But for us as well, if you know you're going to depart, perhaps you'd like to be able to uh, do so with a, a meal you've enjoyed, you know, that kind of things. And of course, this to the culture and their kind and the things they would do and the respect and tradition and honor that they had. And so this, the, this request is a reasonable request. The task is at hand. Esau's been given an instruction that would allow them fellowship, that would allow a blessing to take place. It's a serious thing. It's an, it, it's an anticipated moment for Esau, I'm sure, and uh, his father. So, as he says, please take your gear, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. There's work to do. There's a task at hand. I'm sending you out there uh, to uh, receive, to go hunt some nourishment, right? And prepare a savory dish for me as I love, something I truly find joy in consuming. It brings warmth to my mind. You know, today we might say that's comfort food, you know, let's go get a, a hamburger and fry somewhere or a pizza, you know, some kind of comfort food that kind of allows the dopamines to tingle the neuropath pathways and uh, a delicious uh, meal of sorts, right? So please take the gear, the quiver, the bow and go in the field and get some game and prepare a savory dish that I love and bring it to me so that I can eat it and have my soul blessed, uh, so that my soul may bless you before I die. So it's kind of reciprocal. There's some engagement. There's some give and take, right? There's a task and whatnot to be fulfilled. And therein we kind of see the first opening verses of the chapter. And then we go into verse 5, moving now to Rebecca. Well, Rebecca was Isaac's wife. Is that correct? Right? Do you remember how um, we saw all of that take place together where Isaac had married Rebecca? And a lot of good information. You should go check out the archived uh, videos.
Anyway, so Rebekah was listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game to bring home, uh, Rebekah in verse 6 said to her son Jacob, Behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. And here's what he was saying. Bring me some game and prepare a savory dish for me that I may eat and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Isaac had prepared this blessing, this moment, prior to his departure for a designated individual, a specific individual, his son. Which son? Esau. Rebecca's conveying what she heard. Is it an eavesdrop? Was she paying attention to something she should not or was not authorized to listen to? She's now revealing this information to Jacob, her son, and explaining what had taken place. And now in verse 8, Now therefore, my son, listen to me as I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me two choice young goats from there that I may prepare them as a savory dish for your father, such as he loves. Let's look at how this is going. Isaac's got a purpose for his son Esau. Rebecca has a different idea. Things stemming from previous chapters, perhaps, as we see the descriptive nature of their marriage and how wonderful that was, and then how it got into various other categories of life, and perhaps poor decision here and there. So again, Rebekah was listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game to bring home, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau, saying, Bring me some game and prepare a savory dish for me, that I may eat and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, verse 8. Rebekah speaking to Jacob, Listen to me as I command you. Go now, she says in verse 9, to Jacob, to the flock, and bring me two choice young goats from there, that I may prepare them as a savory dish for your father, such as he loves. Well, she knew the kind of meal he would find pleasure in, so she wants to make sure that everything's set up for a proper deception, if you will, right? Let's sprinkle some truth uh, among the lies, if you will. Then, verse 10, you shall bring it to your father, that he may eat, so that he may bless you before his death. So Jacob answered his mother, Rebekah, in verse 11, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. <laughs> my brother is the burly type, you know. He's, uh... You kind of see the two different male descriptions here, you know. The one who works, the one who wears the work clothing, and the one who wears the tight jeans or something. I don't know. I'm just messing around with you, but yeah. So there's a difference here, right? Do I got hair on my? I got hair on my face. I got hair on my body. Yeah, okay, I'm a male. All right, just want to check. So Jacob answered his mother and said, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. So there's a problem here in our plan, Mom. Dad's going to know. Like, Dad's going to want to feel me out. He's going to know that, you know, I'm not, I'm not Esau. 
I'm built different. I think differently, obviously, at what's going on here. And why the deception? Why does this need to happen? Well, it's selfishness, obviously. Selfish gain. Selfish gain. These types, they cause division. It's all for preeminence and control. It's all pride and selfish gain. It's the, you know, it's about the money. It's about control. It's about this. It's about that. It's deception and it's manipulative. And they're going to take advantage of um, Isaac. These, these types of spirits, these winds, these deceptive uh, contaminants. Uh, we see him here thousands of years ago in this account recorded in history, inspired history, and we certainly see these same uh, nefarious and sinister characters uh, crept into the local assemblies. They act the same way. They do the same things today. We see them everywhere. It might be out there in the world. They might have crept among the pews. Uh, they might be in politics. It's a sinful behavior. It's a sinful character. They, they, it's lawless. It's not according to what is right, what is righteous. So Jacob answered his mother, Rebecca, How dare you say those things, Mom? We can't do that. That's not right. I'm going to go tell Dad what you got planning here. <laughs> well, that's not what he says. He says, Behold, Esau, my brother is a hairy man, and I am smooth man. So the problem's not that they're going to deceive their dad. The problem is I don't want to get caught. <laughs> you know people like that? Yeah, we do, don't we? That's why we Christians were transparent. We're transparent with what we struggle with. We're transparent with our lives. It's a, you know, it's a, we do what we do, and we have to be uh, public with the gospel and uh, be genuine people. I'll tell you, I've met a lot of fraudulent individuals who masquerade themselves as gospel preachers or evangelists or elders or just Christians in the pews. They, they put on this act, you know, on social media or people they're with in the, in the public and uh you come to find out who they really are and you get to see them for who they truly are you're like wow these people are, are evil evil people well sometimes that's that happens and it's been happening since this account obviously so jacob answered his mother rebecca behold he saw my brother is a hairy man and i'm a smooth man perhaps my father will feel me he says in verse 12 then i'll be uh, as a deceiver in his sight and i'll bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing Again, it's not that we're doing something wrong. It's just I don't want to get caught. Because if I get caught, then they'll call me out for what I truly am. And I don't want that to happen. I, don't, I wouldn't want that to take place. I wouldn't want to be publicly exposed and uh, be known for who I truly am. As tempting as that is for some of us today to do to, to these types, uh, God's providence has a way of uh, humbling those who exalt themselves in such deceptive ways. Well, Perhaps my father will feel me. He's having these anxieties about doing something that is deceptive, something that is wrong, something that is sinful, and getting caught. I don't want to get caught. It's not a problem that I'm doing something sinful. It's just I don't want to get caught with it, you know. And then I'll be cursed, not blessed. And that's not the. We're not. We're not going to be lying and deceiving to get cursed. We're going to be lying and deceiving to have a blessing. And that is deceptive, isn't it? You know, there are individuals who will take your pictures, uh, they'll take uh, your work and all this stuff, and they'll use it to solicit funds from uh, unsuspecting brethren, you know, and that kind of deception goes on. It really does. Uh, I've witnessed that, and it's crazy how they do that. They'll, they'll, they'll literally take pictures you've taken, 
and they'll take pictures of your family and they'll take pictures of this, that, and the other that you've taken. They'll take it from you and then they'll go off trying to solicit funds from people saying, hey, look at my work, look at these things and whatnot. Well, God's not going to, I mean, God doesn't approve those things. There's a punishment coming for those kind of things. And um, you can't just pretend to be somebody else uh, to get somebody else's uh, blessing and stuff like that. We can't act that way. I mean, that's just not proper Christian behavior. It just isn't. And it's sad that some Christians act that way. They really do. They're hardened of heart with it. Some of them, again, they go behind pulpits and preach. Very manipulative individuals. So perhaps my father will feel me. He says he has a concern about getting caught. Don't want to get caught. But his mother said to him now in verse 13, you're right, this is a bad plan. We should repent and just, you know, be good people instead. But his mother said to him, your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go. Go uh, uh, get them for me. Don't, uh, don't worry about it. If you get caught, it'll be on me. I'll take the rap for you. If the cops pull us over, I'll take the rap. Don't worry. <laughs> right? Yeah, sure, sure. And that's, I mean, that's how it works. I've seen uh, corrupted brethren who have this kind of deceptive lying spirit utilize and manipulate with flattery other members who are worldly-minded already or vain or idle and easily, you know, devoured, if you will. And have them bear false witness against the innocent. And sometimes those have like a, a, a brief moment of conscience. Be like, well, I can't do that against my brother or sister. They're innocent. I'm going to be lying about that. Oh, no, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that, that, you know, you're justified in what you're doing. I'll take care of it. They don't. It's a lie. But, you know, anything to have the lie, the deception, flourish and devour other souls while they can solicit funds and... It's all, it's greed, it's preeminence, it's, it's taking control, it's pride, it's, it's uh, greed, it's all that kind of stuff. Uh, your curse be on me, she says, my son. Only obey my voice and go. Uh, get them for me. So he went and got them in verse 14. He's going to listen to the voice of his mother, not to the voice of reason, not to the voice of something that would be right. No, but to this deception. So he, he went and got them and brought them uh, to his mother. And his mother made a savory food uh, dish uh, uh, as his father loved, Isaac. Okay, so that's what's taking place. Verse 15, then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her elder son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. Now, has this ever worked out well for these culprits? <laughs> in inspired recorded history in all the pages of the old testament when this kind of repetitive deception takes place has it ever has it ever ever concluded or 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 resulted in something uh good and fruitful and, and a blessing no 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 it may look that way and they may get away with it for a while but sin will find you out man sin will find you out so Rebekah took her be the best garments of Esau, her elder son, which again, the eldest son, Esau, was to be the recipient of the blessing, not Jacob. But there's favoritism, there's sinful deception, and all that kind of stuff, and she's piling on the deception so that Isaac would be fooled 
bamboozled, deceived into blessing the wrong son. And she put the skins, verse 16, of the young goats on his hand and on the smooth part of his neck. Now talk about going through, um, oh, how should I say this? Look at the effort. Yeah, going through such deep effort to make sure the lie is believed. It would have taken lesser effort just to be transparent, genuine, authentic, real, and truthful, pure, not corrupt, pure. Sometimes, man, it's harder to, it's harder to live in sin than it is to live uh, uh, faithfully in Christ as a decent, morally upright human being. Doesn't mean life's easier as per, per se. I mean, we all deal with this fallen world, death and disease and all that kind of, uh, you know, natural disasters, all that kind of stuff. But um, sometimes, man, well, most times when you're in the world, you're making bad decisions. You're making sinful decisions. You're living in sin. You're thinking sinfully. You're corrupt. Bad stuff happens. And it's hard. It's a hard life. I know. I've tried it out for a while, <laughs> for a few decades. <laughs> So she goes through all this elaborate effort to make sure the lie is believed. We don't want to leave any holes here. We don't want to get caught. We want to make sure this works because it's for the whole farm. And we don't want to, you know, we don't want to lose it. She also gave, verse 17, the savory food and the bread which she had made to her son Jacob. He's got the right meal. He's got himself uh, the right costume, the masquerade, the fake fur. He's got his mother's backing that she'll take the fall if anything happens. It's his mother, you know, going to take her word for it, her word for it, right? I mean, that seems to be the case here, and what's going to be delivered. So, verse eighteen comes around, chapter twenty-seven, Genesis. Then he came to his father and said. So here's Jacob, fully prepared with every deceptive agenda, uh, every deceptive effort concocted to have this moment come to fruition for his mother. So he come, here's Jacob with his father Isaac, and he says, my father. And Isaac says, well, here I am. Who are you? My son? Jacob said to his father, in verse 19, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Get up, please, sit and eat of my game, that you may bless me. <laughs> Isaac's old. You get to a certain age, and your faculties no longer operate properly. Your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your legs, your hands, like things decay to such a location where you no longer have the accuracy of your faculties. That's number one. And you couple that with a, uh, this kind of an effort for deceiving. I mean, you can get caught in that deception. 
Corrupt individuals do the same thing. Wolves in sheep's clothing do the same thing. They do the same thing. They'll take they'll take advantage of your um, they'll take advantage of your uh, how do you call that now uh, your weak spots, your blind spots, your weaknesses, your struggles. They'll take inventory, they'll take account, and they'll take advantage. And that's how they'll do it. That's how these types take over uh, uh, whatever it is they want to take over. Whether it be polit politicians want to take over uh, certain communities or some, they make it all the way to be the president or the prime minister or the king or the queen of, the, of a country or a nation. I mean, that's how these character types activate themselves. And that's how they are descriptively known to be. I mean, it's, it's a deception. They'll do it. Wolves in sheep's clothing will, will do the same thing in local assemblies. They'll split churches, families, marriages, everything. You know, we've, we've seen these types do the same thing. It, it's this same repetitive, corrupt character. So they've got this in motion. He's now before his father, Isaac, and Jacob's full on to try to make this work. And so um, Isaac says to Jacob, please come close that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son, Esau or not. Verse 22, so Jacob came close to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. So he's not completely lost his faculties. He does have a remnant thought and rem uh, remembrance and memory to know that, well, something, I mean, the voice is Jacob, but his hands feel like Esau. <laughs> here, I'll give you something funny here. Uh, when I was young and stupid, young and dumb, and with my buddies, we'd skip school all the time. We were just young and rebellious kids. We'd skip school to get to, to, to drink or smoke weed or whatever it was, go to the pizza shop and not go to school. We were just bad kids, rebellious kids. And anyways, this one time, we're like, man, we've been doing this, you know, we're going to get in trouble again. What do we do? So we skip school and it's in the afternoon. So we're not in class. We go to the PJ joint, get ourselves a few slices. Typically, we were always stoned. We smoke weed from morning to night. Back then, it wasn't for any medical reasons. Okay. It was just to get high as these little punk kids. And um, our parents didn't raise us that way, by the way. Let me just make that clear. Don't blame my parents. Okay. Our parents, all, me and my buddies, mostly some of us, you know, we, you know our parents weren't really keen about <laughs> us doing those things but we were and we did and so here we are my buddy and i and we're like man we got to do something we need to you know what I, we came up with a plan i know what we're gonna do you're gonna call the principal's office and pretend you're my dad i'll then call the principal's office and pretend i'm your dad and we'll tell the principal that we're sick now somehow that seemed like a genius move Checkmate. We got it made, man. This is going to work. I know it's going to work. We're like, I don't know. How old were we? I don't know. I don't know how old we were. Maybe 15, 16-year-old kids. Maybe even 14-year-olds. I don't know. It was back in high school. Early high school days. And so, yeah, we, we, we think we're going to fool the adults. We're going to fool the principal with this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to pretend I'm your dad and I'll tell him you're sick and you're going to call. And you're gonna... As if the principal doesn't already know us well enough to know that we're going to be lying to him. And the voice 
and everything. Like we've been skipping school and getting kicked out of school every other month. I mean, he's not going to know that we're best friends. No, he's not. He's stupid, right? We're geniuses. This is going to work. So sure enough, my buddy, you know, he gets the courage to call. We take, we use a public phone in the, and uh, he calls and he speaks to the secretary. The secretary passes him over to the principal. He's pretending to be my dad. He's like, so this is Mr. So-and-so. And uh, I just wanted to tell you that Stefan's sick. And he's not. And then you hear like a pause. There's like nothing on the phone. And then all of a sudden on the phone, you start hearing a laugh. The similar laugh that Jabba the Hutt gave when uh, uh, Return of the Jedi at the beginning. Like Jabba the Hutt, he's behind the curtains. And uh, Han Solo's just been unfrozen in Carbonaut. He's been unfrozen by Princess Leia, who's hiding in some robotic thingy. And and then you hear from from behind the curtains, you hear, oh, 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 ah, ah, ah. You know, this big frog laughing thingy, you know, Jabba the Hutt. Well, that's what I heard from the phone. And I knew we were it was done. We were cooked. And he, I know this is not Stefan's dad. I know who this is. You two brats better get here, blah, blah, blah. And then we hang up the phone. We start laughing like two nut jobs and we just run off. And finally, you know, my buddy calls his mom. She comes, picks us up. She's like, how dare you guys do this, this, that, and the other. And we only get, you know, kind of a verbal scolding. And uh, that very night we were at the dance and everything was okay. But... <laughs> we got in trouble the following week and of course we got kicked out of school and that kind of thing but it <laughs> like sometimes you think it's like this this idea that's going to work but it, it you're going to get in trouble you're going to get caught it may seem like a, a good move at the beginning but it, at the end there's a lot of consequences to that <laughs> That wasn't really an illustration I was fitting in there, by the way. That was just me having a thought about my past life, and I wanted to share with you a bit of a humorous excursion, so I don't think it was supposed to be some kind of massive, meaningful illustration. Okay, so Jacob comes close to his father, right? And his father, he recognizes the voice of uh, East, uh, uh, Jacob. So there's something wrong going on. He's not computing, but his hands feel like Esau. So he did not rec recognize him in verse 23 because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. He did not recognize him, verse 23, because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, verse 24, are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. That's pretty bad. I mean, to do that to your father, that's pretty bad. So he said, in verse 25, bring it to me and I'll eat of my son's game that I may bless you. And he brought it to him and he ate and he also brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him in verse 26, please come close and kiss me, my son. So he came close and kissed him in verse 27. And when he smelled the smell of his garments, he blessed him and said, see the smell of my son. Remember, this is all... The fur on the hands, Esau's clothing. He couldn't get away with it with his voice alone. But the meal, the fur on the hands, the clothing, the lie, the deception was going to work. And he's going to receive the blessing. So in verse 27, see, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Verse 28, now may God give you 
of the dew of heaven, and of the fatness of the earth, and an abundance of grain and new wine. May peoples serve you, verse 29, and nations bow down to you. He's giving him a leadership position, an ancestral authority. This is serious business. This is something uh, that is noteworthy and mem uh, uh, memorable. And it's being stolen from Esau. Bad deal. May peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers. And may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you, and blessed be those who bless you. Man, oh man. And that's something. And that's something. Not fair, right? It doesn't sound fair at all. Of course it's not fair. It's not right. It's not righteous. It's not faithful. It's not morally upright. It's not decent. What's going on? Well, got yourself a sourced issue that had not been dealt with way long ago. And now it came to fruition. A very evil and wicked fruition. Was there something, was there a blind spot in Isaac's life? He couldn't see what was going on with Rebecca or Jacob? Why is there faction? Why is there a division in the family? What happened there? Whose heart got darkened? Who got corrupted? Why, why, why is this family so fractured that it has to utilize such deceptive tactics to, to gain this blessing? What's going on here? Where's the unity? Where's the love for one another? Where's the transparency as a family? What's going on? What happened? Well, sin happened. Where's the source cause? Where did they all come from? Did something happen down the line in this family where someone got offended and they kept it in and they grew bitter and bitter in their hearts? Jealous? Jealousy? Oh, boys. Envy? Covetousness? Idolatry? What's going on? These types sometimes, man, they'll pretend to be your family. They'll pretend to be your best friends. But inwardly, they're filled with strife and bitterness and jealousy against you. They can't stand you. And you're blind to it until they finally betray you. And when they take out that knife they've just put in your back, you turn around, you start to recognize, oh man, all those red flags, all those times. They've been hating me and I thought they were my friend, my family. What's going on? Takes a while to heal from that kind of stuff. Where did it come from? Why do they hate? Why would they why would they have such hate for Isaac and Esau? Like it's an act of hatred, is it not? To do such a thing? Why would they do that? When things are done faithfully, they'd be taken care of by God. Again, that brings me to an archive video study that we did regarding Abraham and Sarah. Why didn't they just trust God? The promise was going to come. The child was going to come. 
No, no, no. They had to, to make a mess of things. Caused a lot of problems that they're still dealing with right here in the ancestral lineage. With Rebecca, and Jacob, Isaac, and Esau. Man, oh man. So what are we taking home? Well, we're going to stop there. We won't, we won't do the rest of the chapter in this session. We'll wait till next week for that. But, I mean, what do we take home? Well, we've been talking about stuff we're taking home throughout the, the session, obviously. We should be united as a family. There should be no deception among us in such ways, lies like that. There should be uh, uh, equality in the house, if you will. All of us have different tasks. The eldest son, the youngest son, the husband, the wife, the children. It's a unit that should be uh, well-tuned and orchestrated together for the symphony. To be purposed in Christ, to be pleasing to God. Just because one of us may not be uh, the head of the house doesn't mean that the one who is not the head of the house doesn't play a very important part. Sometimes jealousy and these things, man, you see that among Christians. Oh, man, I can't stand it. I don't know why. Spe mostly preachers, gospel preachers. Uh, they're, they're, they play the crab in the bucket game. It's who can have the keynote speaking position at the biggest event or whatever what and they'll trample on anyone to get there and it's just what about the guy who cleans up the venue what about the guy who picks up the trash that brother or sister a family that works together has different talents we have to operate together same with a local assembly if you have a local assembly that is not united in the same judgment you're gonna have a problem when you allow delinquencies to run rampant, you're going to have a problem. If you've been in the church long enough, you understand the language I'm speaking. So what do we do? Well, we stay faithful to God, humble to God, live according to His doctrine, live according to His teachings, His mercy, His grace, His law. We build strong families so that we don't have to go through these things. You know, you have yourself a sibling who marries the wrong person. It'll split the it'll split the family. I I, I I I tell you that much. Gotta be careful. The devil man, oh man, he's always running around, causing problems. Gotta watch out for that. When you have a very strong and faithful family, keep things in order. You'll persevere. You'll make it. You'll make it through. It'll be hard times, but you'll make it through. All right, well, we'll see what's going on as the account unfolds further in our next session, Lord willing, next Wednesday. Hey, listen, if you have, find any spiritual benefit to your life with this kind of information, these sessions, please consider subscribing to the channel, giving us a thumbs up, leaving a comment, sharing the link far and wide. This is how that this, this works together. And uh, please consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. Uh, you can uh, sign up there for free, and once you're there, you can support. No amount is too low, no amount is too high. Five bucks a month goes a great way for the Added Souls ministry, I'm telling you. And everything's transparent. You can know all the numbers. You can know everything going on. We've always done that for a decade strong now. If you want to support, 
it really helps. We have not attained the necessary amount we do need for this year, so we're kind of building that, and it's through your compassion, your love, your willingness to uh, purchase our tents, <laughs> our tent building. AddedSouls.com is the website. EastCoastChurchOfChrist.com is the church site. We love you. We appreciate your kind attention. And uh, stay focused. Stay positive, right? Lord willing, tomorrow we uh, continue with uh, our um, themes. And tomorrow is our topical day. So we take a topic and discuss that. All right? All right. Peace out.